are taking it outside today for ReTV episode number 13. And we're doing this because if we're going to talk to you about the weather, let's actually go out where the weather happens. Now, if you enjoy learning about the weather and want to have the opportunity to ask me any question you'd like about the weather, join our AMA and ask me anything that's going to be completely weather focused. It's going to take place on Tuesday, June 28th at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time. If you want to sign up, just click the link down below. All we need is your email address and your name, and we'll send you an invitation. I just got back from a four-day storm chasing trip where I got to go out with some friends that I do a weather podcast with, and we got to see some really fantastic storms, and it was a great time, and I want to tell you all about it. So we're going to tie this to some information that you should know about severe storms, being prepared for them, knowing some different kinds of storms as well. We're going to talk a little bit about that and why it matters because of flood. But first, let's dive into the details of storm chasing. Now, the weather for each day of the storm chasing trip was completely different. We saw different things every day, and it was a lot of fun. So on day one, we actually found ourselves in South Dakota, and we were at Mount Rushmore waiting for storms to form. And when they did form, it was great. We were able to see a couple severe storms. On day two, we ended up in the Badlands, which is a beautiful place to be anyway, once again, waiting for the storms. All of these storms seem to be forming and happening very late in the day and in the evening. So we were you know, pleasantly surprised by lots of rainbows and some beautiful colors, uh, some storm structure and some interesting things that I've never seen before. But we also got to see some really great Mamatis clouds and some amazing other sights, the color of the sun setting, some lightning shows that were fantastic. It was really a beautiful day. On day three, we got a supercell thunderstorm finally. Now we were chasing this as the sun was setting. I'm personally not a fan of chasing tornadoes at night. Um, and this was one that was tornado warned and was looking like it was going to produce a tornado. We didn't get to see a tornado, um, but it was an interesting evening where we ended up getting caught between a couple lines of storms and having to take shelter at a school um, in northeastern Nebraska at about one o'clock in the morning. There also happened to be some June bugs around, which was kind of disgusting, but also kind of fun and entertaining. So um, the lightning show that we got while we were driving was incredible. The sky was nonstop lit up. It was a really exciting day. And on day four, we got to see multiple severe storms. Some of them, you know, had tornado warnings while we were right there. We were watching things rotating. We were watching wall clouds and, and stuff rotating around, just waiting for it to do something. Some questionable funnels that we're seeing, which is a tornado that doesn't quite reach the ground. Uh, you know, it was a really exciting day and it was, it was a great way to end our last storm chase day. Now, storm chasing can be a lot of fun if you're someone like me, a meteorologist that loves weather. Uh, but a part of the reason why we go out and do this as well is not only to experience the weather, but we actually help to report it. Sometimes we're in really, really remote locations, really far away, and we can actually help the National Weather Service understand if storms need tornado warnings or severe thunderstorm warnings. In rare cases, we can also assist with search and rescue if there is a devastating tornado, though that's really reserved for people that are trained in doing so. Now, there's multiple types of thunderstorms out there. You can see squall line thunderstorms, where when you're looking at the radar, it sort of forms a solid line. These storms aren't really known for producing strong tornadoes. You can get some little spin-ups, uh, but really what they're known mostly for is straight line winds, lightning, sometimes hail, and downpouring of rain. Now, they can produce a lot of rain over a very small area um, over a very, very short period of time, but can put down inches within a couple of minutes when you have some of these really really strong squall line storms. You can also have isolated thunderstorms, which can be um, little cells and little bubbles that you see on the radar. And those can produce everything. They can produce weak tornadoes. They can produce downpours of rain. Um, they can produce lightning as well, but they're not the most severe of storms. 
those are reserved for super cell thunderstorms. Now, these are kind of like mothership storms. We've all seen those pictures where you see this isolated storm surrounded by this blue sky, and it almost looks like something you'd see that would have come from space that aliens would have brought here. And these are extremely dangerous rotating thunderstorms. Now, they typically happen mostly in the Midwest. That's kind of where you have Tornado Alley and where you have these supercell storms, but they can form anywhere. It's just that's where they are more common. Now, this matters for flood because you want to know how much rain is going to be happening. If you have a high precipitation storm, you're going to get an incredible amount of rain that's going to fall in a short period of time over an area. And once again, this can be inches, and this can often lead to flash flooding. Flooding is one of those interesting things because we can talk about different types of weather perils and climate perils and things that can be happening out there, and they sort of have their regions where they happen. We know where winter storm happens and where it's focused. We know where droughts occur and wildfire, but flood is different, and flood can occur anywhere. Since 1996, 99% of U.S. counties have seen flood happen, so it's not a matter of if, but when. Flood can happen anywhere, and that's why it's so important that you reach out to us. Send us your quote or anything that you'd like us to take a look at. You can send that email to flood at rethoughtinsurance.com. And the last little tidbit we want to give today about severe weather is once again talking about the difference between a watch and a warning. Now, a watch means that it may happen, that the conditions are likely. Watches often cover a very large area, sometimes an entire state or multiple states. It's something that's going to be telling you what's going to be potentially happening later, meaning all of the ingredients are there. A warning, on the other hand, covers a small area. Sometimes it covers a specific town or maybe even a county or parts of a county. It's very short-lived and it means the danger is imminent. It means it's happening right now. So to take things back to my favorite cupcake graphic, a watch means it may happen. A warning means it is happening. So that's going to be a wrap for episode 13 of ReTV brought to you by Rethought Insurance, where we talk about severe storms. It was great to bring you along and show you some behind the scenes of what happened on the storm chasing trip that I just got back from, as well as teach you a few things about severe weather. So make sure you're prepared. Make sure you know this information that your customers and clients know this information. And if you want to be prepared, have flood coverage. Go ahead and send that quote request to us at flood at rethoughtinsurance.com. We'll see you soon for episode 14.